High Praise Podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. Leviticus chapter 6 this morning, and the fire on the altar, verse 12, and the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not be put out, and the priest shall burn wood on it every morning. Everybody say every morning. The priest shall burn wood on it every morning or every day, and lay the burnt offering in order on it, and he shall burn on it the fat of the peace offerings, a fire shall always be burning on the altar, and it shall never go out. Father, I thank you today for your word, and I ask, Lord, that you would speak through me. Holy Spirit, I surrender myself to you today, and I ask that the words that I speak, that they would be words of life, words of encouragement, words of conviction. And I ask, Lord God, that my tongue would be as the pen of a ready and skillful writer, that I would speak forth, Lord God, under your unction and your anointing today, and let Jesus receive all glory and praise for everything in Jesus' name. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. My message this morning is simply keep the fire burning. Keep the fire burning. You know, just two weeks ago, I guess is it two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, uh, we had a wonderful conference. How many of you were able to be a part of the movement conference? It was wonderful. We had 300 youth here, just the youth for the conference that were registered for the conference that came. We had churches represented from Georgia, from Arkansas, obviously from Florida, and uh, there may have been some folks from Alabama. I don't know where all they came from, but we had many different churches churches, huh? Tennessee, Uh, we had different churches and different youth groups that were represented just here at High Praise. I think we had right at 150 just of our own kids uh, that were here that were part of the conference. Uh, On the Wednesday night of the conference, it was packed out, and I'm telling you, it was wonderful to see that. And so the Holy Spirit was moving very, very powerfully, and there were a lot of kids, and not just kids, but even adults, young adults and even older adults that received something, what I call a deposit from the Lord. There was, a, uh, th- there was actually something that God imparted into our lives. There was actually an encounter with the Lord. And I don't know about you, but I love to have encounters with God. Does anybody love to have encounters with the Lord? Can I tell you, this morning, there were those who had an encounter with the Lord. The anointing of the Holy Spirit was flowing mightily. And we received of the impartation of the Holy Spirit. And we had an experience and an encounter with the Lord. And so before I share all of this, I want to make sure everybody understands, I love encounters. I love experiences. How many of you remember whenever you got baptized in the Holy Spirit? Or well, let me go back a little farther. How many of you remember the day you got saved? Does anybody remember the day that you got saved? Wasn't that a wonderful experience? Wasn't it a wonderful encounter? But how many of you know that the encounter and the experience was not designed to stop at that moment in time? It was not just a one moment thing that was to take place and then it just stopped right there. I tell people many times to understand that getting saved is not the finish line. You're just started. You just heard the gun go off. You've just started the race at that moment in time. And so we have to understand that our lives are not to consist of just having encounters and experiences with the Lord. 
Now, this is what I have seen happen so many times, and particularly you that had something major happen within your life during the movement conference. I have seen kids, and I've seen young adults, and I've seen older adults come and have an encounter with God, an experience that changes and radically changes their lives. And they go for a week, two weeks, maybe a month, maybe sometimes a little bit longer. Uh, but then suddenly it begins to wane. I really shouldn't say suddenly because what I found is everything is kind of a slow fade. You know what I mean? Like a slow fade. Uh, you know, you're on fire one day and then uh, the week later your fire's dwindled a little bit. Uh, and then the next week, you know, you got a little, some coals that are still there. And then three weeks into it, the coals have grown cold. Uh, and then four weeks later, there is absolutely no resemblance that there was even a fire that was even started. Now I want everybody to hear this because I'm making this proclamation, this prophetic apostolic declaration and I'm declaring that those days are over in the name of Jesus. I said those days are over in your life. And we're not going to live from experience to experience and encounter to encounter. We're going to walk by faith so that once we receive something from the Lord, we maintain it and we keep the fire burning. We keep the fire going and we don't let the fire go out. Amen. If I can compare this just even to a marriage relationship, my wife and I, we've been married for over 42 years. Woo. Hallelujah. We've been married for over 42 years. And here, you've heard me say it before, but just because there's some snow on the rooftop doesn't mean there's not any fire in the furnace. Amen? And you know what? We still love each other. We're still passionate. And by the way, you can be 60 years old and still be passionate about your spouse. Thank you, Bruce. Praise the Lord. You can still be passionate about one another. You can still love to hug one another. If I can say this, man, you can still chase her around the kitchen. Right? Y'all don't look at me in that tone of voice. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all been here long enough. I know a lot of times churches, they don't want to talk about this. That's the reason they got so many problems in the marriages. And you know, men looking other places and women looking other places. Look, listen, whenever your wife walks in, you ought to sing what I sing. She's a brick house. Praise the Lord. Come on, baby, light my fire. Am I getting, see, a lot of times people think this is carnal. This is not carnal. This is totally spiritual all the way. And we have to understand that God is designed for marriages to last. And one, there should always be some kind of passion and not anger. <laughs> there should be some kind of good passion in your marriage relationship. I said all that to say this. You can keep the fire going in your marriage. Hear this. You can keep the fire going in your spiritual relationship. And the fire should grow daily. It should be something that increases. You're not waiting for another revival meeting. We're not waiting for another conference in order to get stirred back up once again. Amen? And so it should be the way that we live as believers. Look at somebody and say, we need to live that way. And again, as good as everything was, every person, I want everybody to hear this, every person, and by the way, it's not the pastor's responsibility, and it's not the youth leader's responsibility. It's not Pastor Garrett's responsibility. Y'all hear what I'm saying? And by the way, it's not Pastor Castle's uh, responsibility, right? And Alyssa's now she's working in kids' church. It's not Alyssa's responsibility. It's not their responsibility. Obviously, it's not Pastor Joshua's responsibility to keep your fire going. 
What we see right here is that the priests had to put wood on the fire every day. Which means this, you have the responsibility of maintaining your own fire. You have the responsibility of keeping your own fire going. The Bible says that we have been made priests unto God. Peter said that we are a royal, a royal what? We're a, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. We're a priesthood. And so as priests, we have the responsibility of keeping some wood on the fire and not letting the fire go out. You know, I grew up in Pentecost. I know if you've heard me say this before, and I thank God for my Pentecostal background. But, you know, one of the things that we were, uh, we were very well versed in is in repenting and saying we're sorry for the sin that we committed the previous week. And we came down to the altar. If anybody knows what I'm talking about, and you were raised this way, you got saved every Sunday. Did anybody else, you were raised that way? You came down to the altar, and you, you wept, and you cried, and you left the altar full of snot uh, whenever you left there. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. You, but we did, and it was all kind of, I mean, you needed a hazmat suit to clean the altar. Actually, after, you know, we got finished with it, some of you weren't blessed with that, but, you know, we were. That's the way we grew up. And, I mean, we would cry. We would weep. There would be stuff all over the altar, be tissues everywhere. And uh, because we had to get saved every Sunday. We'd get saved on Sunday, and usually by the end of the day on Monday, somewhere along the line, we had failed, uh, and we had lost our fire. And we were not taught, you know what I'm talking about. We were not taught how to maintain the fire. We were not taught how to keep the fire burning, how to keep it going. And so we were always living in a state where we were just going from meeting to meeting, uh, and we had to stay in church all the time so we could stay repented all the time so that we could stay saved all the time. And I'm going to say once again, I believe that the days of living that way are over. Can everybody say amen? Look at somebody and say, we ain't living that way any longer. So by the middle of the next day, unfortunately, many times we lose our fire. And please understand how I'm saying this. Some of our Pentecostal charismatic culture has promoted a conference to conference, revival to revival experience rather than a disciplined Christian life. There's a difference. And whenever you read what Jesus said, he said, go into all the world. And he said this, make disciples. Everybody say disciples. You know what? He didn't say go into all the world and make conference hoppers. He didn't say go into all the world and make experience chasers. Nothing wrong with experiences, nothing wrong with encounters. I'm all about it 100%. Yes and amen. But understand this, the experience in the encounter is not to get you back to where you have fallen from. The experience in the encounter is to push you farther from where you're at and you've grown in. Do you understand that? It's designed to push you farther, not to dig you out of a mess. Now, thank God for God's grace and his mercy, and he'll dig you out of a mess. How many of you have ever had God dig you out of a mess? You ever had God do that? I'm thankful that God's dug me out of some situations. But you know what? One of the things that we begin to learn is how to walk by faith and not by sight. It is so important that we begin to, as the body of Christ and as 
you know, Pentecostal, charismatic, prophetic, apostolic, I'm all of it, we begin to embrace a type of living where we're not just looking for another experience or another encounter. We have made a decision that we're going to be doers of the word. We're going to live a disciplined Christian life, and we're not going to allow that which God has imparted within our lives to wane. We're going to keep it going. We're going to keep the fire burning. Amen? That was what was commanded of the priest. The fire shall always be burning on the altar, and it will never go out. Unfortunately, there's so many believers today that let their fire go out really quick. It'll be burning real hot one moment. The next thing you know, it's out. And most of the time, it's because their life is being dictated by circumstances, is being dictated by their emotions. We'll talk about that in just a moment. You know, it's being dictated by everything but the command of the Lord and the voice of the Holy Spirit. You know what? You have to begin to lock out some voices if you're going to live a disciplined lifestyle. There's some voices out there that you're going to have to tune out. You're going to have to turn off. You're going to have to shut the door in their face and say, I'm not going there anymore. Praise God. Amen? So... We, for many years, we, there, and many of you know the, of the ramp uh, and uh, Karen Wheaton. And by the way, they have a wonderful ministry. So before I share this, I want to make sure everybody understands we love the ramp. We love Karen Wheaton. We love all of those. Casey Doss, he's there. Uh, as a matter of fact, just kind of said some talk to Casey yesterday. And so, you know, I, we love all the people and we love what they're doing. Love the fact that they are being used to the Lord. And one of the things that they're being used to the Lord is to ignite young people and a fervor and a passion. But understand this, as powerful and as anointed as they are to do that, I've seen, and again, personal, firsthand experience people go to the ramp, have an actual genuine encounter with God, have actually uh, an experience where the Lord met them, moved mightily within their life, and then what happened is they ended up backsliding and going back into an old lifestyle. We had one particular young man that went to the ramp, and after the ramp, he actually got up on this platform. He got right here. I was right there. Uh, he was right here, I remember. And so, anyway, got up on the platform and then gave testimony of what the Lord had done within his life. And he gave testimony of how God had delivered him of a lifestyle of homosexuality, of sexual perversion, how that God had marvelously delivered. He was saying it with tears in his eyes as he was sharing this. And then just slowly, over the course of time, he did not keep wood on his altar. He did not keep the fire burning. And he ended up going into a worse situation than what he was to even start out with. And now he's on a television program full of drag queens and it's actually on national television. Now understand, I'm not saying that to condemn this young man. We love this young man. We pray for this young man. But understand this, the problem all along was this. It wasn't that he didn't receive anything. It wasn't that he didn't get delivered. What ended up happening is he ended up losing uh, what God had ignited on the inside of him because he did not keep his fire burning. He didn't keep wood on the altar. And there's many different things that you can do. I may have to wait till next week. We have to, I have to figure this out. But I'm, I don't know if I'll be able to share it this week. There's several different things that you've got to do in order to keep the fire burning uh, in your heart. You have to keep that fire kindled all the time. 
Well, he didn't keep the fire kindled. And see, Jesus talked about this. He said, he gave the parable about the guy who swept the, you know, the house clean. But then what ends up happening is, of course, in this story, basically, Jesus says, you know, once the house is swept clean, you know what? You got to keep it clean. Everybody say, keep it clean. You got to keep it clean because what ends up happening is the even more devils, seven times the amount begin to come back. And the last situation is worse than where it was in the beginning. And I know that probably all of us, how many of you have ever seen that actually happen with somebody? It wasn't that they didn't have an experience because a lot of times what people would say was, well, they didn't really get anything. No, they got something. They just didn't keep the fire burning. They had an encounter, they had deliverance, they experienced deliverance, but they didn't keep the fire burning. And I make a declaration over this church today, and that is this, we are gonna keep the fire burning. We're gonna keep the fire burning. We're gonna keep the fire burning, amen? Look at somebody and say, I'm gonna keep the fire burning. Because understand this, what you receive, it doesn't amount to anything if you don't keep it. If you don't keep the fire burning, you know, everybody actually needs to do an honest inventory of your life. And you need to ask yourself, am I as passionate about the Lord right now as I was five years ago? Or maybe even one year ago, or maybe even one month ago? Is my fire waning? Is my passion waning? At one time, was I really on fire for God? And now has that fire, have I made excuses for myself? Has the busyness of life ended up interfering with my relationship with the Lord and me obeying what God has called me to do. Because I'm telling you, my friend, if we don't keep the fire burning, we'll end up losing ground. We end up losing the place and we have to look for another meeting just to get us back to where we were. Understand this, we're not gonna have meetings in order to get you back to where you were. We're gonna have meetings to push you forward from where you're at right now. Amen. Look at somebody and say, we're progressing. Come on, look at somebody and say, we're progressing forward. One of my biggest concerns right now I have in the, you know, just in the church at large is we're always looking for another meeting rather than just living a disciplined lifestyle. You know what? I don't need somebody to light my fire. I don't need a worship team to get me going on Sunday morning. As a matter of fact, whenever you walk through those doors, you matter. You need to already be clothed and have the garment of praise on. You know what I'm saying? I'm wearing the garment of praise. You know why I'm wearing the garment of praise in the house? Because I was already wearing it at my house. I was already spending time in prayer and worship at my house, praise God. I don't wait till I get to church to start praising God. No, I'm praising in my house on a daily basis, amen? You know what, I already have an ear to hear the word. You know why? Because I'm studying my Bible daily. I actually open it up. We got people that'll you know, look at Facebook for five hours a day and they can't even open up their Bible for five minutes a day. Are y'all hearing me? I'm not trying to get on to anybody. But you know what? It's time for us to be shaken and awakened and, you know, get on with the program. And we got to put some wood on the fire. You know, listen, everybody knows this, that a fire will not burn without fuel. It has to have some kind of fuel to burn. It won't burn without fuel. It has to have fuel. And so the reality is this. Everything that you see in the natural, I don't care what it is, any any what we call natural law, like the law of motion. How many know Newton's third law of motion? You know, every action, 
right, has an equal and corresponding reaction. Okay, that's the third law of motion. Every action has an equal and corresponding, y'all didn't know that y'all were gonna have science class today, but you are, okay. You, you, for every action, there's an equal and corresponding reaction. Do you know that that is also a spiritual law? For every spiritual action, there is an equal and corresponding reaction. Do you know when I lift my hands and begin to worship the Lord, there is a corresponding reaction in the spirit that begins to take place? Do you know when I begin to dance and when I begin to celebrate? I'm not doing it because I need some type of spiritual calisthenics. I'm doing it because the Bible says, for those who revere and worship my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. And you will go forth and leap like calves released from the stall. Then you will trample down the wicked, and they will be ashes underneath the soles of your feet. Hallelujah. So when I begin to dance and I begin to rejoice, what the Bible says is I am literally causing the enemy to be made ashes underneath the soles of my feet. For every action, there is an equal and corresponding reaction. So understand this, in the natural, in the natural, there has to be uh, fuel for a fire, right? There has to be some type of, uh, you know, for your, if you don't believe that, try to see how long you can go without putting gas in your car. No, for your car to run, you've got to have some, you've got to have some fuel. You know, and by the way, even think, go, go for a week without eating and see how far you keep going. Now, you might be able to keep going, but you know what I'm saying? Anybody ever went on this, you know, I'm gonna go on this fast and I'm not gonna eat for three days. <clears throat> I love what Bishop Hammond, he said he used to <laughs> always start his 40-day fast at the beginning of every month. <laughs> Explain it to them later, okay? <laughs> but anyway, you know, but you know, you go for a couple of days and all of a sudden, man, you just like, I don't have any energy. I don't have any strength. If you're used to eating sugar all the time, okay, carbohydrates, I'm not saying there's, you know, I'm not saying it's sin, okay, but, you know, because I'd be doing some sinning, okay, but the reality, I had some carbohydrates, I had ice cream twice yesterday, I can't believe it, I don't know what happened. My wife's, yeah, I had yogurt the second time, frozen yogurt, of course, it's okay since it's yogurt, but anyway, but nonetheless, the, the reality is this, if you get accustomed to your body deriving its energy from sugar, because sugar's a quick source of energy, and you cut all sugar out, I'm telling you, in about two days, you feel listless. You feel like you have no energy, right? Because you don't have the fuel that you're accustomed to burning. I said all that to say this, there is fuel that you need for your spiritual life in order for the fire to keep burning. And if you don't get that fuel, your fire will go out, okay? I don't have time to share all the different things, but let me, let me say this. I've got, I got to share at least one point. I have four points. There's no way I can share them in the time that we have. But number one, this, this is the number one thing. In order to keep your fire burning, this is the first thing you got to do. You have to make a decision to get off the emotional roller coaster. You got to make a decision to get off the emotional roller coaster. Too many believers today are walking and living by their feelings at a given moment. They pray if they feel like it. They read their word if they feel like it. They come to church if it's convenient. Oh, please don't shout me down right now. You know what? We, 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 will, we will participate in church things if we feel like it. If it doesn't interfere with baseball practice and football practice and soccer practice and dance rehearsal. Y'all getting quiet on me real now, right? And we get, we get so involved in all these other things that we prioritize those many times over the things of the Lord 
things going on in the house of God. And by the way, I commend every one of you parents that prioritize the house of the Lord. I grew up in a house where my mom and dad, they prioritized the things of God. You know where we were on Sunday? We were sitting in church, praise the Lord. I can't ever remember not being in church. You know, I was raised saved. I don't know if anybody else was that way. Is anybody else raised saved? I call it raised saved. I, I got saved actually when I was about four years old. I asked my mom, I, I remember exactly where we were. I said, would you pray with me that Jesus would come into my heart and forgive me of all my bad sin? Of course, at four years old, you've done a lot of sinning. You know what I'm talking about? And, uh, and so, you know, sinning in, when you're four years old is not closing your eyes and laying down to take a nap, you know. That was kind of like the, the, the extent of sinning. But anyway, the reality, I was raised in church. And I thank God that my mom, a mother and a father who would raise me in the fear and the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. You know what, we're, where we were on Wednesday nights? As we got older, we were in the house of the Lord. And whenever there was youth meetings and I got old enough to be in the youth meetings, guess what? They took me to the youth meeting. They wanted to make sure that I was in the house of God. They prioritized the things of the Lord. But anyway, there were times that they probably didn't feel like taking me. There were times I'm sure that they didn't feel like going. I'm sure there's times that Maybe some of you even here this morning, you woke up this morning and you didn't want to come to church. Maybe you didn't feel like getting out of bed, right? Is anybody here this morning, you didn't feel like getting out of bed? Look, okay, that's, a, that's, that's too many of y'all, okay? <laughs> you just need to go to bed a little bit earlier. You know, make a point on Saturday night, I'm going to bed a little earlier. So I wake up refreshed and I'm re I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord, right? And so you understand this, you gotta get off the emotional roller coasters. Many believers allow their emotions to dictate their behavior. If they feel like doing something, then they do it. If they feel like praying, then they pray. If they feel like going to church, then they go to church. If they feel like loving people, then they love people. By the way, love is a verb, it is not a feeling. Amen? Living dictated by your emotions is the guarantee of defeat. If you live dictated by your emotions, I guarantee you this, you will end up living a defeated lifestyle. Victory will only be assured in your life whenever you move beyond the dictates of your emotions. We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith, not by our feelings, which means this. Every day I'm going to get up and pray whether I feel like it or not. And for you that are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you can pray in the Spirit, and you should be praying in the Holy Ghost at least 15 minutes a day. Bare minimum 15 minutes a day. You know what? You can pray in the Spirit whenever you're going to work. Shakarada. Turn off the radio and pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen? Turn off the music for a moment and pray in the Holy Ghost. When you're in the shower, you can pray in the Holy Ghost. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying today? If you want to stir up the fire, start praying in the Holy Ghost. I guarantee you, you start praying in the Holy Ghost an hour a day, you will see a fire begin to be kindled on the inside of you. Amen? You got to pray. Okay? We walk by faith. Now, this is what we're going to do today. We're making this declaration. I want everybody to say this. In the name of Jesus, I am getting off the emotional roller coaster. I want you to say this. The ride is shut down. The ride is closed. Space Mountain is closed forever. I'm not getting on it again. 
I'm not going to live my life dictated by my emotions. I'm a believer and I walk by faith, not by sight. I walk by what I believe, not by what I see. See, that means this. You're going to say whether you feel like it or not. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I'm going to put a smile on my face even when I don't feel like smiling. Well, aren't, don't you think that's just being fake? No, that's walking by faith. I said that's walking by faith. But see, that's one of the things, the first things that's necessary in order, in order for us, please hear this, in order for us, to be able to keep the fire going is you've got to get off of the emotional roller coaster. And there's so many people that just, they're looking for an emotional experience. The presence of God is even about some type of emotional experience that they have at the time whenever they really don't even understand the purpose of the presence of God. The Bible says as wax melts before the fire, so will my enemy melt before the very presence of the Lord. Can I tell you part of the purpose of the presence of the Lord is to cause every enemy that has mounted itself against you to literally begin to melt like wax right before the presence of God. We don't want the presence of God for something that we may feel. The presence of God is not like heroin in our veins. The presence of God is purpose to destroy the enemy of our souls and cause us to walk in victory and in triumph. Would everybody stand to your feet today? Hallelujah. Today is the day we're going to put the wood back on the fire. It's time to get your grill going once again. I said it's time to get your grill going once again. You know what I'm talking about? You know, you got to put some wood. Maybe some of you got, you may have to go get you some wood pellets. I'm talking about spiritual wood pellets. In order, and, and you know, whatever you got, it might be just a little, some scripture. You know, maybe praying, you know, just start with what you can do. Be faithful in the house of the Lord. I, you know, I have time to get into all of these things. We'll do that at a later time. But I believe today is the day that we have to say, Lord, I'm going to keep my fire burning. I'm not going to let what I have received to dwindle. I'm not going to let the experience and the encounter that I've had, I'm not going to let it be pushed to the side. And I'm not going to lose ground, praise God. I'm going to move forward in what God, what God started, He is going to finish in me. What God started within me, He's going to be faithful to complete it. The encounter you had was just the start. It wasn't the completion. The experience you had was the start, not the completion. And God wants to bring it forward and complete it in your life. Would you lift your hands right now? Come on, just lift your hands. Begin to pray in the Holy Spirit this moment. Begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, say this. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, my fire is going to burn. It's going to burn hotter. It's going to burn brighter. Let the fire of God burn within me. I will be a faithful priest and I will fuel the fire with the Holy Spirit, with the Word of God, with faithfulness, with obedience. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Lord, let your fire burn. Let your fire burn. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you give the Lord a praise today? Hallelujah. Come on, give him a praise. Hallelujah. Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.